essays seven and eight of the romance of the commonplace by gillette burgess this librivox recording is in the public domain essay seven absolute age when i was a child i invented a game so simple and so passive that its enjoyment was permitted even on the rigorous sundays of my youth upon a slate i ruled vertical columns and at the head of these i wrote men women boys girls babies horses dogs then seated at a window commanding the street i made a note of the passers-by and as fast as they appeared in sight i made a mark for each in the appropriate column the compilation of this petty census was a pleasing pastime and moreover it seemed to me that my categories were obviously complete they were in my world but men and women boys girls and babies what else indeed but this primary classification of sex and years did not satisfy me long and i discovered that my system must be amended if i would segregate mentally now the various types i encountered there were for instance good persons and bad ones men educated and ignorant rich and poor and i superimposed upon my first list one after another of these modifying conditions but with a larger view of life these crude distinctions overlapped and became confused and i saw that the whole system was but a rude makeshift yet until i could pigeonhole a new acquaintance in my own mind and put him with others of his kind i was never quite satisfied up to a certain stage in development what we are most struck with is the difference between persons but after the first intellectual climacteric we began to see resemblances invisible before that knit men of different aspect together and that game of synthesis once begun we must play it till we die every new acquaintance is an element of our experience a new fact refuting or corroborating our theory of life and though we often may put the case into a separate compartment and label the specimen unique before long we shall probably have to reconsider and devise a new system of arrangement for the complex characteristics of human nature but what analysis can we adopt which shall prove universally satisfactory if we rank men according to mental moral or spiritual attributes one quality is sure to contradict or affect the other and it is hard to decide which trait is paramount friendship is dependent upon none of these things and yet in our affections we recognize almost unconsciously grades and qualities of attraction and kinship of a bunch of letters at our breakfast plate we are sure to open a special one first or last as the expectation of pleasure may decide we accept this nearness this intimate relationship without reasoning it is manifested in the first flash of recognition of the handwriting at sight of a photograph at the sound of a voice or a name some are indubitably of our own clan and others however their charm or a temporary passion may blind us for a time are foreigners and speak another language of the emotions there are invisible groups of souls mysteriously related and the tie is indissoluble so i have come to adopt as the final classification what for want of a better term i must call absolute age age or condition that is not relative not dependent upon the year of one's birth no one surely has failed to observe children who seem to be older than their parents in possibility of development 
one knows that in a few years this child will have caught up to and passed his father or mother in soundness of judgment in a sense of the relative importance of things in the power to distinguish sham convention and prejudice from things of vital import this child is older in point of absolute age when his soul has served its juvenile apprenticeship in the world of the senses he shall understand truths his parents never knew this capacity for comprehending life does not seem to be dependent upon actual definite experience with the world the villager may have this hidden wisdom as clearly as the man who has seen and done who has fought loved and travelled far and well the mystics hold that we have all lived before and that some have profited by their experiences in former lives and have attained a fairer conception of the very truth but though this illustrates what is meant by the term absolute age it is by no means necessary to accept such an explanation of the effects we perceive it is enough that we can definitely classify our friends by their emotions and desires and by their point of view on life in other words some are philosophers and some are not and even the philosophers are of varying sects some have a keen childlike enthusiasm for the more obvious forms of excitement for all that is new and strange and marvellous while others are incapable of being shocked surprised or embarrassed they have poise and prefer the part of observer to that of actor in the game of life and yet too there is a simplicity which comes from a greater absolute age a relish for real things that persists with enthusiasm it is by this simplicity one may distinguish the cult from those that are merely blasé or worldly wise the joy in the taste of the fresh apple under the tongue or in the abandon of the child at play in the strength of youth and the grace of women this is a joy that does not fade no not even for those who would not trouble to go to the window if the king rode by as a man can learn much by travel without losing his capacity for enjoying his native town so one can enjoy life intellectually to the utmost without ever losing one's grasp on oneself without being intoxicated by excitement or blinded by egoism and yet feel still the clean sane joys of youth to the last we have come to our absolute age by different paths if we are of the same status you and i you may have learned one lesson and i another yet the sum of our experience is the same we are akin spiritually although we have not had the same process of development you perhaps have fought down hate and i have conquered dishonesty but we are calmer and wiser we think than those whom we smile at quietly when we view their eagerness for things that no longer concern us we recognize too that there are others to whose attainments our own powers are infantile but in either case the superiority is neither mental nor moral nor spiritual it is that mysterious inherent quality we call caste essay eight the manual blessing surely if there is one sharp active sensation that in this changeful life of ours we never tire of never outgrow it is in the satisfaction of creative manual work there is a conservation of pleasure as there is a conservation of energy and our taste is being continually transmuted and evolved one by one we outlive the joys of youth 
the delights of physical exercise the zest of travel the beatitude of emotion the singing raptures of love passing from each to a more mature appeal a more refined appetite a subtler demand of the intellect or of the spirit the familiar games lose their savour the dance gives way to the drama travel to the calmer investigation of homely miracles we tire of seeing and begin to read feasting peacefully at the banquet of the arts that other men have spread this is for many of us what age means a giving up of active for passive pleasures when the old games lose their charm but the joy of creation does not fade for in that lies our divinity and our claim to eternity each new product arouses the same thrill the same spiritual excitement the same pride of victory and yet strangely enough though we think we work only for the final notch of accomplishment it is not the completion but the construction that holds us entranced not the last stroke but every stroke brings victory it is like the climbing of a mountain do we endure the toil merely for the sake of the view at the summit no but for the primitive passion of conflict the inch by inch fight against odds the heaping of endeavour on endeavour the continual measuring of what has been done with what remains to do the finishing climax is but the exclamation point at the end of the sentence most of the sensation has been used up before we come to the full stop and that point serves but to sum up our emotion in a visible emblem of success many of us believe we are debarred from the exercise of this divine birthright the joy of creation we have neither talent nor genius not even that variety which consists in the ability to take infinite pains are we not mistaken in this i think we may each have our share of the immortal stimulus to understand this we must go back and back in the history of the race and there we shall find that this satisfaction this sane and virile delight in construction was possible to the meanest member of the tribe its enjoyment came chiefly in the exercise of a laborious persistency in little things the combination or addition of the simplest elements achieved a positive pleasurable result the neolithic man chipped and chipped at his flint until the arrowhead was perfected and his joy had he been able to analyze it was not so much in the last stroke as in every stroke not so much that he had himself with his own hands made something as that he had been making something of use and beauty and the possibility of that joy abiding with him as long as he lived the makers of ancient pottery repeated the same shapes and designs or if their fancy soared dared new inventions but the satisfaction was in the doing the carvers and joiners of the middle ages worked as amateurs in cottage and hovel and in their work lay their content no tyranny could wrest from them this wellspring of pleasure old age could but weaken the hand I doubt if it could tame the immemorial joy of creation we cannot all be professional mechanics for the division of labor has cast our lot more and more with the workers in intellectual pursuits but we might make handicraft an avocation if not a vocation and that regimen would help our digestion perhaps more than pepsin or a course of the german baths 
were i a physician i should often recommend the craft cure a panacea for dyspepsia ennui and nostalgia here is my modern health resort my sanatorium for these most desperate of diseases a little hamlet of shops and tents on the foothills of the coast range in california where as you work you can look across a green valley to the blue pacific here in this new land nature calls fondly to your soul and you may turn to the primitive delights of living and taste the tang of the dawn of civilization fresh and wholesome as a wild berry here squatting on the bare sun-parched ground with an indian blanket over his shoulders is a corpulent banker with a flint hammer battering a water-worn boulder thus less than a hundred years ago the temecula indians hollowed out their stone mortars on this very mesa thus they spent happy days slept like bears and were up with the birds each morn a day younger than yesterday in this lodge of deerskins where the ground is spread with yellow poppies sits an ex-secretary of legation who has known everything seen everything done everything but this to cut with a knife of shell strange patterns upon a circular horn gorget finished his wife might wear it with pride at the court of st james yet it is but the reproduction of a prehistoric ornament its figures smeared with ochre cobalt and vermilion and inlaid with lumps of virgin copper by the mound builders of the mississippi valley in this open shelter of bamboo a trysting place for meadow larks and song sparrows lies stretched upon the ground an east india warehouseman all his gout and lumbago forgotten in the rapturous delight of printing a pattern of checkered stripes with a carved wooden block upon a sheet of tapa which he himself unaided mind you has pounded from the fibrous bark of the paper mulberry his strenuous daughter once world-worn and frozen has left nietzsche brahms and the cult of the symbolist to sit cross-legged and weave the woolly zigzags of a navajo blanket it is the first thing she has made with her tin fingers since she baked mud pies in the sun had she now a scrap of mirror in her bungalow she could now face it without mortification an open-air hand-loom is good for the complexion but you need not journey to california rather make a pilgrimage to your own south attic if you do but construct cardboard model houses with isinglass windows in your breakfast room you will perhaps find that more diverting than collecting cameos or first editions if you can only compile a concordance to alice in wonderland you may achieve a hygienic and rejuvenative distraction can you cut stamp gild paint lacquer and emboss a leather belt can you hammer jewelry out of soft virgin silver no but you could though if you tried can you forget the impositions of convention in the rapt glow of pride in sawing and nailing together a wooden box no matter how small it might be how leaky of joint or loose of cover it would hold all your worries End of Essay 8